0: Well, that in itself was a sermon. Very good. Thank you. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 5 this morning, uh, verses 12 to the end of the chapter, not verses 1 to 11. That was uh, one of those things that happens in the bulletin where you uh, leave in one week's uh, passage and are going on to the next. So it's Romans 5, verses 12 to 21 we'll be looking at this morning. I also want to uh, acknowledge... uh, the uh, youth ministry uh, has a large part in our service today, Surrendered Hearts. The band is playing for our worship uh, this morning. And also uh, the youth ministry drama team that was here today just did an excellent job. And Jill Rishi has been working with them and helping to pull these things together too. And Mary Erickson and uh, Luke Genheimer, everybody involved in that, did a great job this morning. Well, let me read for us this passage of scripture that we're going to be looking at. Paul writes that therefore just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sin. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. The law was added so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, again, your holy word, for the power of the gospel and the power you have to set us free from our sins. And we thank you for how that was vividly portrayed in the drama that we saw and also how we hear that proclaimed in your word this morning. May you speak to each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. I was uh, actually brought to tears by that sketch this morning, so I'm just trying to, um, you know, get uh, kind of adjusted to that or get started to as I was thinking of the power of that particular drama and how Jesus Christ sets us free. It really does fit so well with what we're going to be talking about this morning. There are certain individuals who have influenced our life more than we realize Uh, One of those individuals in America, for example, was a man called Thomas Alva Edison. He was an early American inventor. And when you think of the name Edison, what comes to your mind, or what things do you think of that he invented? Light bulb. Now, of course, everybody thinks of the light bulb. Probably the other thing you think of is the phonograph that he was credited with, although parents, you might have to explain to young children what a phonograph is these days. Uh, That's a how we used to listen to music before we had cds and now ipods and all of the other things that come along in fact edison is credited with having 1093 inventions in his lifetime in addition to the electric light and the phonograph he also invented the storage battery the cement mixer i thought that was interesting the dictaphone duplicating machines He improved the telephone and telegraph. He worked on the typewriter, motion pictures, and even developed electric generators. He also went on to found 14 businesses. General Electric is the one that we associate most with him, and you can think of as still a very productive company today, but it was quite a remarkable life. In fact, what's really interesting to me about it is that uh, he only had three months of formal education. His teacher in school was a pastor, a Reverend Engel, who just couldn't uh, quite work with this student whose mind always wandered so easily. In fact, his teacher called him addled. I don't know if that was an early form of ADD or what, but uh, they, uh, you know, they were struggling with how do we uh, keep this kid focused in school. And so his mother, who believed in him, homeschooled him and trained him. And he went on to again, as I said, become an amazing inventor whose life has helped to shape our world. Yet, even though his influence was significant for all of us, no one has influenced our life and our world more than the two people we are going to look at today, Adam and Jesus Christ. And we see that in this passage of Scripture. In Romans 5, 12-21, this is the supporting argument for, Paul, for what Paul said in the first half of the chapter. Paul tells us that we can be sure of our salvation because of what Christ has done for us. That our security rests not upon our own merit or work or efforts or achievements, you know, trying to be good before God. Our assurance of salvation rests upon the finished work of Jesus Christ. And he makes that very clear in this passage by showing the contrast between Adam and Christ. He begins by telling us that one man's sin brought death to all men. One man's sin brought death to all men. Today, we live in a world that is marred by sin, and because that's the world in which we grew up, we take this as normal, but it was not what God intended. We look around us and we see the evidence of greed or immorality or hatred and violence, the use of drugs and abuse of alcohol, and all of those kind of things that flow from this sin that permeates our world. We hear stories in the news like the terrorist attacks in Mumbai. And it horrifies us that there are people like that in our world who were smiling even as they took the innocent lives of other individuals. For no other reason than that they were singling out those who were either American or British or Jewish. That's the kind of evil that's in our world. An evil that came as a result of man's sin. Even creation was affected by man's sin. In Romans eight twenty and 21, it talks about how creation itself was subjected to frustration and decay. Things that it had not known before. And I know that scientists as Christians will wrestle with this, you know, and how was our world affected by sin. It was so pervasive that we don't completely understand all of the changes that took place as a result of man's sin. But Paul tells us that even creation longs to be set free into the glorious freedom of the sons of God. That that day is to come when God will make all things new. Well, how did this all come about and where did it begin? The Bible has an answer for that. And it tells us that it began with Adam's sin. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, In this way death came to all men, because all sinned. When God created Adam, he placed him in the Garden of Eden. And he gave to Adam this command, that you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Adam and Eve were given this great freedom in the garden that God had prepared for them to enjoy the fruit and the bounty and God's provision. They had this unhindered relationship with Him, fellowship with God. They talked with God. And we believe that that was, again, Jesus who came and who spoke with them and talked with them. And they enjoyed that kind of openness. There was just one thing that God had asked of them not to do, and it was to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because on the day they ate of it, they would surely die. We know how the story went. Eve was deceived by the serpent, but Adam disobeyed God's direct command. And sin entered our world, and death came to all men. When the Bible talks about death, it is both a spiritual and a physical aspect to it. Spiritual death is our separation from God as a result of sin, that distance, that alienation that man feels in his relationship with God. And physical death is the separation of the spirit from the body, that when we die, our soul leaves the body. The fact that Adam did not immediately die physically suggests that the spiritual death was primary here, but physical death was a penalty for man's sin. Both occurred. And you know in Genesis 3 how when Adam and Eve heard the sound of God walking in the garden, they hid from Him. They had never done that before. They hid from Him. They felt shame. They felt guilt. They felt the weight of their sin. And as the Bible describes it here, Adam's sin was the leak in the dike that led to a catastrophic flood of evil in our world coming through this one man and spreading to all men. We read the account in Scripture where Adam sinned and then one generation later a man murders his own brother as Cain kills his brother Abel. The pride and arrogance, the violence and injustice continue to spread. You have men like Lamech in the Old Testament boasting of their evil, boasting of their might and their strength apart from God. And it continued. Sin may have entered the world through one man, but it permeated our world because all men sinned. Even before the law was given, death reigned. And Paul makes a point of that here. There was not sin in the sense of transgression. The law had not yet been given, but man still sinned. Man still went against God's intent. And death reigned during that whole time from Adam to Moses and beyond. It became so bad that at the time of Noah, the scripture says the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. And the Lord was grieved that He had made man on the earth and His heart was filled with pain. In a very descriptive way there, He shows us the heart of God and how He felt about man's sin and rebellion against Him. How could one man's sin affect all of us to such a great extent? Well, Adam introduced into our world something that was previously unknown. Let me give you an historical example that may help to illustrate this too. When Albert Einstein published his theory of relativity, you know in that formula E equals MC squared, it is said that there were probably only about 12 people in the world who understood what that meant and who understood the implications of what that could mean. But 40 years later, millions of people all over the world understood what that meant when an atomic bomb was unleashed on Hiroshima. And we saw the power of what that meant and how that could be used. And Albert Einstein's discovery forever changed our world. Once that entered our world, once this use of nuclear power in a way that could be so devastating to mankind entered our world, we could not go back again. We are still trying to contain that today. And we pray and we work and we hope that that never falls into the hands of those who would be kind of rogue terrorists who would want to use that to wipe out a city. It changed our world. And that's what Adam's sin did. When Adam sinned also, all of us sinned, the Bible says. Because Adam stood as a representative of the human race before God. We were in his loins, if you will, so that Adam's actions also involved us. It is the Old Testament or Hebrew concept of solidarity here. And that's a little foreign to us. We don't understand it quite as much. In America, we stress individual rights and our own personal freedoms and decisions. And we don't emphasize corporate solidarity as much. But it is not an entirely foreign concept. When our country goes to war, we all go to war, in a sense. When our president and our Congress make a decision, it affects all of us. There is a sense in which there is this corporate solidarity because we are a nation and we're joined together by certain bonds and responsibilities that we have to one another and in that sense when adam sinned he stood as our representative and we sinned in that garden too sometimes people object to that and they say well that doesn't seem very fair i mean why am i responsible if adam got me into this mess And the answer is that Adam isn't the only culprit. That we have sinned too. And we have nobody to blame but ourselves for our own sin. Paul illustrates that in this passage with this great contrast. That through one man, Adam, who was a type or a pattern of the one to come, sin entered our world and our world was forever changed. But the good news that he shares here is about Jesus Christ. That one man's righteousness brings life for all men. That one man's act of righteousness would make life possible for all who would come to him. He emphasizes it with the use of the word but in verse 15 to heighten the contrast. But the gift is not like the trespass. Five times in these verses, He will use the word gift to refer to what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And five times He uses the word grace in verses 15 to 21. This is a gift. This is something God has done in His grace. He has provided this wonderful gift of salvation for all who believe. I want you to notice the contrast between the trespass and the gift as he highlights it here. He tells us that the trespass brought death, but the gift brings life. The trespass brought condemnation, but the gift brings justification, a right standing before God. Because of the trespass, death reigned in our world. But because of the gift of God, grace and righteousness reign wherever He is present. The trespass caused many to be made sinners, but the gift of God, by it many will be made righteous. Through the trespass, sin increased in our world, but even though sin increased because of the gift, grace increased all the more. What a marvelous truth that is. That the gift is far greater than the trespass. It is a gift that is able to wash away all of our sins because of what Christ has done. You know, when you read these verses, sometimes people will read, for example, verses 15 to 17, and they'll hear this about the gift and the result of that that brings salvation to all men. And sometimes people will ask the question, well, does this passage teach that everyone will be saved? I mean, does it teach that? That at the end, everyone will be given this kind of second chance, if you will, and that everyone will be saved. No, it doesn't teach that. For example, in verse 17, Paul makes it very clear. When he says, For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? The gift of salvation is for those who will receive it. It's for those who will place their faith in Him and choose to believe in Jesus Christ as that provision of grace for our sins. Salvation belongs to those who are in Jesus Christ. Both Adam and Christ were appointed as God's representatives. Adam was a type of Christ. And Adam communicated what belonged to him to our world, to those he represented. Adam brought sin into our world. And through sin came death. And death spread to all men. Jesus Christ communicates what belongs to him. Righteousness and eternal life. That is part of who He is. He is perfect righteousness and grace and truth. And He communicates that to those He represents, to all who believe in Him. You know in that drama sketch at the beginning when Jesus Christ brings life and this individual is awakened to that new life and you see the movements of one living through the other? Jesus Christ comes to live in us. And He gives us His life. And He begins to change us from the inside out. And He directs us and empowers us when we yield ourselves to Him. That gift is for all who will believe in Him. And verse 15 affirms how much greater the work of Christ is. The work of Christ didn't just cancel our sin and bring us back to neutral. Kind of a neutral standing and you have to take it from here. No. The gift of God through Jesus Christ also imputed His righteousness to us. So that when God looks at us, He sees our sin covered by the blood of Christ and He sees us clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And it is His righteousness that gives us eternal life. Justification is more than setting aside our guilt. It is crediting to our account the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It is the passport to eternal life. Grace is infinitely greater than all of our sins. In fact, in verse 20, when he talks about where sin increased, grace increased all the more, Paul was having a hard time putting that into words. He uses kind of a hyper-superlative here when he says that it is super-abounding grace. I mean, this is just unbelievable. The grace that God gives to those who will believe. Sometimes people ask the question, Why do Christians say that Jesus is the only way to God? Well, it's Jesus Himself who has said that. And the Bible makes it clear why Jesus is the only way to God. It's because He's the only one who has ever dealt with the problem of our sin. The answer is really found here in a very descriptive way. In that when God looks at mankind, He sees two men who represent us all. He sees Adam and he sees Jesus Christ. And either we are in Adam, a sinner condemned, or we are in Christ, a sinner saved by grace. There's no other ground. Jesus Christ is the only righteous one who has paid the penalty for our sins. In 1 Corinthians 15:22, Paul said, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ. All will be made alive. But the gift is for those who will receive it by faith. At the same time that Albert Einstein was coming up with his discoveries, there was a young man named Alexander Fleming who had grown up in Scotland. And he too would go on to be someone who would bring a change into our world that will forever change our practice of medicine. He one day would become a world-renowned microbiologist whose discovery of penicillin would revolutionize human experience. Fleming was a man who introduced the race to unprecedented healing. Through the use of this drug, when applied, or this medication, when applied, In circumstances that in the past had once meant almost certain death, now they could be healed. But in order for it to work, it was a gift that needed to be received. Everywhere that death reigns in our world, Christ brings life for all who will receive his gift. The gift is free, it is undeserved, it is graciously given. And meant to be received by those who will open their hearts to Him. Have you received this gift to you? And will you share this gift with someone you know? You know, I think about that at this time of year when we celebrate the coming of Christ into our world. And at Christmas time, we think about the giving and receiving of gifts, and we always want that to be special or significant or something that the person we are giving the gift to will appreciate and use. Well, may that focus on gifts be a reminder of this great gift that God has given to us, and as we have opportunities this christmas season to be in uh, contact and meeting with other people in our world whether it's at work or in our neighborhoods let's look for ways that we can share this wonderful gift with someone who doesn't know jesus christ there's no better gift that we could give. let's pray father the bible reminds us again and again of the great gift that you have given to us in jesus christ There is hope because Jesus Christ lives and He reigns with you in heaven. And I thank you for that wonderful truth. I thank you for the hope that we have because you have given the Holy Spirit into our hearts and we know that. And I pray this morning if there's anyone here again who has never received that wonderful gift of salvation in Jesus Christ, would you open your heart to Him this morning? Would you ask Him to forgive your sins and to be your Savior and Lord? And He will take you at your word. And He will come into your life and you will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him. Father, also, would you help us to look at our world through your eyes and to see the people around us who need to know your Son. And help us, Lord, to be uh, both open to you, to your Spirit's leading, and to be available to be able to be a witness for Jesus Christ. We ask it in Your name. Amen.